Welcome to the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Hometown Ticketing is proud to be the exclusive sponsor of the UIAAA Connection Podcast and to provide schools nationwide with the best options for digital ticketing for their events. Visit their website at hometownticketing.com to learn how they can make digital ticketing possible and simple at your school. Thank you to Hometown Ticketing for their exclusive sponsorship of the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the UIAAA Connection. I'm your host, Mark Hutch Hunter. Today, we're pleased to kick off season five of the UIAAA Connection with our special guest, Dirk Barber, Certified Athletic Administrator, the Director of Athletics at Ben Lomond High School. Welcome to the podcast, Dirk. Hey, thanks for having me, Hutch. I'm excited. Uh, ever since you started it, I've been really excited to listen and hear from other athletic directors and then, you know, get the opportunity now, to be on it, too. Now it's this your is my time. first podcast ever, so hopefully it goes there good. There you go. Let's have you start by sharing with our listeners here in Utah and across the nation where you grew up, where you went to school, your first job, your background, that type of thing. Yeah, so I grew up in a small town uh, in West Point. I, a lot of people don't really know where that is. Um it's, uh, I always tell them it's out by Antelope Island and some more people know kind of where that is, but it's uh, just Northern Davis County and then straight West uh, out in the boonies. Um, I went to Clearfield High School. So Syracuse High wasn't around when I uh, was coming up. It was built uh, my senior year and they didn't take seniors. So that kind of gives you a, an idea of how old I am. But um, from there, I went out to uh, a junior college in California, in the Bay Area, called Ohlone College in Fremont, California. I played baseball there. And then um, when I finished up my time there, transferred to the University of Utah, the greatest school in the nation. Um, there you go. Fan. My wife and I have season football and, and baseball, or sorry, season football and basketball tickets. And then uh, did my undergrad there. I was working uh, at a 24-hour fitness. I love health and fitness, obviously, getting my degree in teaching health and PE. And that's where I met my wife, um, which was awesome. She was a member at the 24-hour fitness. I finally worked up the courage to say, hey, you know, you want to go out sometime? We went to a Kenny Chesney concert, and that was all she wrote. So I have three, three beautiful kids, a little four-year-old girl, um, a two-year-old boy, and a one-year-old boy. So they're really close. And my life is chaotic. You see the bags under my eyes. It's because oh, yes. I've got two in diapers and get no sleep, but it's, <laughs> it's great. Um, there I, I, uh, realized that I really wanted to go into coaching. That's kind of what brought me into education. And so I sent out a mass email to all the coaches in the Salt Lake Valley, the baseball coaches and said, Hey, I, you know, I'm willing to work for free. I just want to start getting my feet wet and, uh, had to, quite a few, you know, coaches write me back saying, Hey, yeah, I'd love to meet you. I went, um, that day and met with, uh, Eric Hansen, who was the head baseball coach at skyline at the time. And we hit it off and he found a thousand dollar stipend for me. And I started coaching and haven't looked back since. So that's kind of uh, a little bit about me. Perfect. Let me, let me follow up a quick question about the youths. Were you able to make it to the Rose bowl? I didn't. I, uh, you know, I went to the Pac-12 championship um, yeah. and my wife and I, we actually had already planned Disney World for Christmas. Um, and so we did that over Christmas break and came back. I tried to talk her into letting me go to Pasadena, but 
she's like it's not in the budget after disney world but we did go to the pac-12 championship so i'm clinch in vegas that was really fun um my went out two there. years before uh yeah. so i'm get blasted by oregon out at uh you know the 49ers stadium but it was fun to see him clinch and, and do it for the first time i understand that that uh, las vegas stadium is quite something i've never been inside oh of it but... it's unreal yeah Talk for a moment, Dirk, about uh, maybe some of the youth sports you participated in. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I participated in anything and everything. I, I I feel lucky that I grew up in the time where it still wasn't like cell phones weren't popular or anything. So it was all just in the backyard. Um, grew up kind of on a farm. And so uh, had plenty of range to hit golf balls in, in the field in my backyard my dad would flood the field in the wintertime and we'd turn it into an ice hockey rink. Um, I had a group of friends that we would every like couple times a week would rollerblade down to the, to the church parking lot. And I, my parents bought us some hockey goals and we'd put them on our backs and rollerblade down there and play, you know, street hockey uh, for hours until it got dark. Um, my parents had a, like a brick house. And so, I'd throw a racquetball off there playing baseball all hours of the night. And um, so I was exposed to a lot of different sports growing up. I played baseball, golf, hockey, um, soccer, basketball. I wasn't no good at basketball, but I I did try it really just about anything you can think of. Um, And then it got to a point about fifth grade when my, my parents said, Hey, you know, you've got way too many things going on. You need to kind of pick a couple and stick with it. And, and I chose golf and baseball, and that's kind of what I did in high school. And um, I was a four-year uh, varsity letterman um, in golf and baseball at Clearfield High. And, uh, yeah, I, that's kind of I, – I mean, I played anything and everything, and I'm grateful to my parents that they allowed me to. Um, I grew up with three other brothers as well, and so it was always – I always had somebody to play with, which was fun. So let me ask you about the three older brothers, I'm assuming – the basketball games in the driveway that since you were the youngest, you didn't win them very often. Oh my gosh. Well, actually, I, I mean, I guess I misspoke. I, I grew up with three brothers, three other oh, brothers, I okay. guess is what I said, but uh, my oh, older, so you brother, were the I have, oldest. I have one older brother and then two younger. So I, I took the beatings from him and then, and then administer the beatings the to the younger ones, the younger brothers. Um, and it's funny cause we're all pretty competitive. Uh, my, oldest brother was a, a phenomenal golfer and an okay baseball player. And I was kind of by, you know, flip-flop. I was a really good baseball player, but not great uh, golfer. So I, I didn't beat him ever in golf growing up, but I did strike him out in the backyard, you know, all, all the time. So that was fun, but yeah, super competitive. I, I, he beat me in basketball, but then I, you know, I took it to my brothers and my younger brothers in video games and golf and stuff. So excellent. It was awesome. Excellent. Let's, let's have you uh, speak to our listeners for a moment. Some of the mentors you had growing up, coaches, parents, those type of people. Yeah. So for sure, my parents, um, they, like I said, they were just super supportive. Uh, my mom grew up, she, she's been an educator for, I think this is year 39 and she's hanging it up this year. So uh, here in a month or so, I'll go over to her retirement party and she's sailing off into the sunset to just hang out with the grandkids. Um, but she gave 39 years to education. Um, and my dad is a, a construction manager for uh, Woodside Homes, one of the bigger home builders here in Utah. Um, and so they, 
I mean, they did anything and everything to allow us to, to be able to do what we wanted to do and supported us financially. I can probably count on one hand the amount of games between my brothers and I that there wasn't at least one parent in the stands cheering us on, which was awesome. The support there was just was just great. Um, other coaches, my Little League coaches and it were great. They kind of had this grand idea from a, an all-star rec team to put together a comp team and took us from just kind of an awful 10-year-old comp team to being one of the – well, being the best – um, team in the state when I was 13 and 14. So we traveled all over uh, the Western United States playing in competitive baseball tournaments. There was, you know, I, I think there was a couple summers where I played over a hundred games. It was, it was really intense, but my parents were there, you know, for us. Um, after that uh, in high school, my head coach, Steve Paul was, was an amazing mentor and still a great friend. He's actually the principal here at Ben Lowen high school. So that's kind of a fun connection to be able to get, you know, back to working for him. Um, I, I've got to give a shout out to my all time role model in just kind of growing up in the baseball world and being versed in high school sports. Uh, Joe Sato at, at Bingham, just an amazing baseball coach. I think he hit 400 wins this year, maybe even more. Don't quote me on that, but uh, just an amazing guy. And so I'll talk a little bit about my time as a, as a high school baseball coach, but um, being able to meet him in person and, and he, he was just so kind and friendly and gave me all kinds of resources and material uh, to help me be successful. Um, another one who's part of our UI AAA uh, ADEC or, or um, yeah, sits on the ADEC with me, uh, Clark Stringfellow. He was the head baseball coach at Bound or he still is um, at Bountiful. When I got the head baseball coach job at Woods Cross, he sent me this big email uh, welcoming me to the region kind of, Hey, if you need anything. So I leaned on him pretty hard to say, Hey, like, you know, what can I do? How do you coach this? How do you do this? He was a great, great mentor for that. Um, and that's probably it in terms of, I, I mean, I could go on and on about all the coaches and people that have had an impact in my life, but those are probably the big key four or five people. Sure. Let me ask you a follow-up kind of dates myself, Joey Sato at Bingham high school was a classmate of mine when we attended the University of Utah in the 70s. So, wow, nice. That's well, Joey, awesome. Yeah, obviously, he, Joey State, I mean, he's, he's been at Bingham, I think, over 40 years now. Yeah, I mean, Bingham baseball is Utah baseball, you know. And so just to kind of be able to rub shoulders with him at, at coaching clinics and things and kind of, you know, like I said, he gave me a, a bunch of his resources and things. He was awesome. Let's have you talk for a moment about your path. So you began as a baseball coach at Woods Cross, but, and I assume up at Ben Lomond, but now that path led you to being to the athletic director. How did that happen? Yeah, I, I like, like I said earlier, I, I always wanted to be involved in sports and, and baseball kind of became my passion between all of those sports, because that was the one that I kind of excelled at. And so it kind of directed me to, you know, going to college and getting an athletic scholarship and then going on to wanting to teach. Um, and so I, I kind of started my career, like I said, at Skyline High School as an assistant baseball coach for a couple of years, uh, getting my feet wet. And then from there, I, I got a teaching job right as I finished uh, my undergrad at the U. I got a teaching job at, uh, I, I graduated 
um, in May and looked for jobs, PE and, and health jobs don't come open too frequently. Um, it's not like, you know, math or science or something like that, but I um, was lucky, fortunate enough to, to snag a job like the middle of August at a brand new charter school that was opening called Utah Military Academy. Um, so I opened that school as the interim AD. I kind of did all the... Up at uh, the Hillfield then, not the Camp Williams. Up at, yeah, up at Hillfield. Okay. Um, so that took me and my wife north, um, kind of back to my old stomping grounds. And, uh, you know, I, I opened as kind of the interim athletic director. They weren't in the UHSA. They weren't sanctioned or anything yet. Um, and so I kind of got the ball rolling in terms of the paperwork and process of, of filing to become a member school. And then uh, I was there for one year and then I had the opportunity to become the head baseball coach at uh, South Ogden junior high in Weaver school district. They have junior high baseball. Um, and so I did that. And I also was teaching health and PE and, and working as an assistant athletic director at sunset junior high in Northern Davis County. Um, from there, I, I did that for a couple of years. And then from there, I had the opportunity to take over as the head baseball coach at Woods Cross. And so I moved back down to Southern end of Davis County. Uh, my wife and I bought a little home in, in North Salt Lake and I taught in, in health and PE and was the head baseball coach there at Woods Cross for a couple of years. And then, um, was getting ready to go into my third year there and uh, saw that the Ben Lomond AD was retiring. And, and, uh, and so I kind of threw my hat in the ring knowing that, you know, I knew Steve really well and knowing that I wanted to one day be an AD, but maybe when I was like 40 or 50. Right. But, you know, here <laughs> I am this young guy that's like, I'll throw my hat in the ring and, you know, just, just not really knowing what it entailed or anything. I had had the, the experience at the junior high, which, you know, obviously isn't any, anywhere close to what we deal with here at the high school, but um, kind of started getting my feet wet in the athletic director position. Um, interviewed, it went great, um, was selected. And, and at that time I was definitely the youngest AD in the state, I think um, by probably a few years and still am one of the younger ones. Um, but, you know, I've been here for, this is year four now. So I've loved every minute of it. Well, that's excellent. Let's let's talk for a minute about your preparation for the CAA exam, and then, of course, your work to get that, and speak about the importance of certification to our audience. Oh, I mean, it's it's been so great. Uh, the The classes that you have to take to lead up to the CAA are so important. All of the law classes. I was fortunate to get in all of Lee Green's classes. Um, there were, I mean. I think there was one St. George conference before COVID that I sat in like three law classes of his and left just like mind blown. It was my first year. And I'm like, Holy cow, there's so much that I didn't know. You know, you don't know until you know. And, and I just was like, there is so much that goes into, into it. Um, those classes alone have been, you know, more than beneficial to my career and, and helping kind of, make sure that we're doing all of the things on the legal side of things. Um, I think that, you know, I think the CAA is set up in a way that there's enough classes that really help you kind of learn how to be an athletic director in terms of being organized with the 501, um, the law classes. And, and there was just so much good that came from helping me as a, a, you know, first year AD. And I was lucky enough to have 
you know, district and, and admin support to say, Hey, this is an important thing. Like we want you to do it that I kind of just jumped right in, you know, both feet first and took all the classes, um, passed the, the exam, uh, in the fall of this year. And so, you know, I was able to get it within my first three years, which was exciting. Um, and I haven't really looked back. I've taken all kinds of courses. I've gone to the national conference a few times, um, been to the, to the, uh, UI AAA conference every year, except for this year, my wife and I, uh, or had the opportunity to, to start building our dream home and, and then due to construction, you know, delays and things, mm-hmm. we were just moving over the conference and there was, there was no way to not move at that time. So I didn't make it this year, but plan on making it that, you know, every year after that. Um, but there's, there's the exam itself. Um, I was lucky Rich Barton is so fantastic at, at what he does, obviously. And he, he reached out to me and said, Hey, I know you're taking the exam. Here's some material. Let me know if you have any questions. And the material that he gave me was really, a, I was really able to study it for a few hours a day for a couple of weeks leading up to the test. And that helped me be prepared. Um, I took it in the fall, like I said, and, and, uh, there wasn't a, a, uh, pre-exam training or anything like it, you know, I, I wish there would have been, cause I think it would have been beneficial to just kind of have an idea of what I was getting into. Um, right. like we do at the conference. I think that's mm-hmm. so beneficial to ADs to do it the night before. Um, but I got into it and, and did really well. Uh, I'm a little embarrassed to say, I didn't know where the, uh, the national athletic director's offices were. I said, Kansas city, cause I thought everything's in Kansas city. Well, <laughs> they were in Kansas city till the, till the early 2000s and they moved to Indianapolis, but go on. Right, right. So I missed that question, but did well on the rest. Well, that's excellent. Thanks so much for sharing. And thanks so much for talking to our audience about the importance of being certified. Let's talk for a moment, Dirk, about today's job as an athletic director and just how much has changed in the four years since you first started. Oh my gosh. I, well, here in Utah, it's changed like crazy. You know, I, I started and, and we kind of, I, I worked, uh, I took over just after Thanksgiving, um, and got to experience a crazy spring weather of cancellations and everything. And then <laughs> the next year got to experience the spring of shutdown because of COVID and then a full year of COVID. And then this year has been a little more back to normal. It feels, um, and we're having crazy weather again, you know, like last week, but, um, sure. you know, the changes, I mean, here in Utah, since I've been the athletic director, we've sent sanctioned, you know, girls wrestling, um, competitive cheer is coming next year, boys and girls lacrosse, boys volleyball has now been moved to be sanctioned here in the coming year. Like there's so many sports that just weren't a part of the AD's responsibility, I guess, um, until just recently. So those alone, I mean, you're talking, you know, five major things. And so that's five new head coaches and dozens of, of assistant coaches and all of the student athletes that come with that and all the paperwork and everything. So like the role of an athletic director has just become even more in terms of the amount of people you're in charge of and the the things that you're doing. So there's more on athletic directors plates just in that regard. Um, so it's, it's, it's crazy. It's always changing. Um, you know, as more things come out, it's it's definitely good to continue on with the education and learning piece because, you know, every class I sit in, it's like, this is new, this is new, you know, and it, that's been really good. Um, but the role of an AD is, is 
ever changing for sure. Well, that's, uh, that's well said those thoughts about that five new sports coming on the next year or two, but there's still only one Dirk. And so that's, that's right. That much more put on your plate. Let me ask you right. this, Dirk, what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Oh man, biggest failure. Um, I always think of a couple times as a head coach, as a new head coach, a couple failures that I had. And I kind of use these examples with uh, my, my coaches that I'm, I'm working with, especially new ones as they come in, if we, you know, have a coach leave or retire or whatever. Um, I kind of use these couple examples. My first one um, is just that uh, make sure that you're balancing your schedule really well because I came in as a, a brand new head coach and I thought, you know, we're going to play the best of the best. So my opening uh, weekend of high school baseball, I, I played a double header um, against Bingham and American Fork. So it's like, welcome to the show, kid. You're going to play the two best teams in 6A. Uh, and we got just blasted by American Fork. We hung with Bingham, lost like a 4-1 game. Um, but I really made my preseason schedule too hard. And there's just something to be said about confidence for kids, you know? And so I try and remind my coaches as they're scheduling, yes, we want to have those kind of measuring stick games, but we also want to give these kids some confidence. If they're just getting, you know, blasted, they lose confidence and it's not fun. And, and so I made that mistake as a first year coach. And so I try to help my new coaches not make that mistake of like, hey, we don't want to get too, you know, like, like, I guess you come in as a new coach and you think, yeah, I want to play the best of the best. And I kind of help them like scale it down a little bit. That was a mistake I made. Um, you know, another one would be uh, just making sure that you're always prepared in that same year as a baseball coach. I, uh, we went into the last game of the season um, with a chance to clinch a region title. We were in first place. We were playing uh, East, who at the time didn't have a great baseball program. They've got, you know, so many great programs. But at the time, baseball, um, they were in last place in the region. So it's here's the first place team going against the last place team. And just a whirlwind, like a combination of it being their senior night, um, us maybe overlooking them a little bit and them throwing just a crafty lefty that, you know, couldn't, I don't even think he broke 70 miles an hour. Uh, they upset us. And, and I think about it all the time. It still eats me to this day that I'm like, mm -hmm. I didn't do enough as a coach to prepare my guys to be ready to win that game and clinch the title. And it eats me alive. And, and so I kind of remind my coach or I tell my coaches, obviously that story um, remind them that every day we've got to be ready um, and we've got to kind of have our coat, you know, our, our game plan for practice. Uh, we've got to remind our kids to kind of stay in the moment that, you know, don't take anybody for granted. And I've kind of used that in my athletic director life of just making sure like, Hey, there's no little things, you know, like, so that I'm not looking at maybe a minor sport. I, I hate to say minor sport, but one of the, the small individual sports, sure an individual sport that maybe is sometimes overlooked and kind of putting that on the back burner of like, Oh, it's not important because I want to make them and their program feel important. Sorry about that. Yeah, hey, that's, that's what it's like being in a school. 
Let's talk yeah. for a moment about your journey with the UIAAA because you get the job at Ben Lomond in November of the year. And, uh, you know, four years later, you're a CAA, you're a member of the uh, Athletic Director Executive Committee. So talk about how that happened, being a new guy. Yeah, I think it was me just being, you know, kind of a go-getter a little bit, saying, hey, I want to be involved in, in anything and everything I can to become the best AD possible um, for myself and for the school. And so my one of my very first experiences was um, I, I wasn't even on staff yet at, in Ogden School District, and I went to San Antonio for the National Conference. Um, so that was great, getting to kind of uh, mix it up with, with, uh, athletic directors who have been around for a long time, kind of introduce myself and, and get to start to get to know some of the athletic directors on committees and things. And, and, uh, then I came back and, and, um, uh, worked for that year. And then it was at the end, at, at the end of that year that, um, we were in region 10 at the time, they, Trevor, um, had, was already, uh, in, the executive committee and Katham was becoming the uh, president elect. And so we had an opening and, and uh, I honestly, I was just fortunate that Katham kind of nominated me and said, Hey, I think Dirk would be great for this. Uh, and everyone's kind of looking around, like, I don't know if they wanted it or not, but they were like, oh, maybe they didn't. And so let's just send the new guy. <laughs> and I, uh, and so I said, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do it. And, and I've loved it. And, and I've loved it so much that in, in our new region with the new realignment, um, I volunteered and said, hey, I'd love to continue on with ADEC. Um, I love being a part of that group. I love the networking that I'm able to meet people and, and talk with them and help bring about change and bring about things. And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I was lucky to just kind of right from the get-go have the opportunity to mix it up and and i've loved everything ever since and really enjoyed being a part of the ui triple a for sure that's excellent share with our audience what's a common myth about being an athletic administrator that you'd like to debunk oh man being being a longtime listener i know that the the easy go-to obviously is to jump in and just say that we only watch games right because right. that's a huge myth that people think that athletic, like the fields just magically appear and they're ready to go and, <laughs> and they're all striped and the tables are set up and the chairs and the bleachers come out magically and we just show up and we get to watch sports. Um, and, and of course that's true. Um, but I wanted to think of like maybe something else that could go along those lines. Um, so I guess my myth would be maybe for the superintendents or principals out there that think that, uh, and this is just my personal opinion that the AD should be like half time or be, you know, mm -hmm. teachers as well. It's, there's so much that goes into the athletic director job and all of the duties that, and I've, I've experienced it. Um, I currently teach just one class a day. I teach sports psychology, which is a fantastic class. I'm only really dealing with athletes, but even that you have, you know, the hour or so a day that you're tied to, teaching kids and then the all of the things that come with it the prep work to prep a lesson to teach the kids and the grading and the parent teacher conferences and the emails from parents and things is honestly too much i believe i, I think that the ad job should be a full-time ad and I'm, I'm fortunate that ogden school district is moving that way next year so ogden's athletic director and myself will be just full-time ad's which is great 
but I just think with, with all of the, the growth of those new sports that I mentioned and all the, that, that comes with that in terms of having um, that many, uh, you know, teams and things that you're in charge of, student athletes, um, it just needs to be a full-time gig. And I truly believe that. And I think that it's kind of a myth out there that some people think that, yeah, all we do is show up for games, <laughs> um, you know, and there's yeah. so much that goes into it. I mean, my plate is full from the time that I clock. Well, I don't have to clock in, but, but that's, but the time that I right. get here and usually before I'm even at the school, I'm answering phone calls and, you know, having emails come across my desk and things. And then, and then it just never ends. So. Oh, I understand that. It reminds me of, of course, this was a while ago when I was still at Jordan High, but it was, I'd get to school at quarter to seven in the morning and first class starts at quarter to eight. And it was that entire hour was just taking care of today's stuff. Emails that had come in, texts that come in without even get to my class or any of the other stuff that you have to do. So I understand that perfectly. And of course, you're aware of our work with Senate Bill 67, which didn't pass this time, but we're not... Uh, we're not leaving that. So that's a, that's a great answer, Dirk. Let's ask, let me have, excuse me. Let me ask you, what's the favorite part of being an athletic director for you? Uh, for sure. The people I get to work with every day, uh, starting from the top with, with Steve, our administrator, who's, who's very heavily involved in, in knowing the importance of education-based athletics. It's, I mean, I don't know what it's like to work for a, a, an administrator who maybe doesn't get that. Um, so I'm fortunate in that regard, but, but being able to work with him along, uh, alongside him to go over, you know, all of the things, the scheduling meetings, the finance meetings, and all the things that go with that, um, all the way down to the coaches that I get to interact with every day. I've been fortunate to really hire pretty much every sport since I've been here. And now it's kind of, I get, I, we kind of came in and shook some things up, um, just felt the need to maybe get rid of some of the, the idea. I, I, I mean, ADs around the state will know kind of what I'm talking about in terms of Ben Loman, but there was kind of this culture here that, you know, oh, it's just Ben Loman or, oh, it's just the way it's always been for the last yeah. while. So we had to kind of come in and, and be the bad guys and shake some things up, but I've been fortunate enough to bring in uh, some coaches and be a, obviously a part of the hiring process for all of the coaches that we've gotten over the last couple of years to bring in people that I know that'll mesh well with the culture that we're trying to create. And so there's, I mean, there's a lot of good momentum going here. I don't know if you've been up here and seen our new facilities, but I'd say they're the best, if not one of the top three in the state in terms of the gyms and the, you know, all the fields and things. Um, well, I've so, seen your, yeah. uh, obviously I, I test your, uh, Every summer I test your field for the Ogden district. Oh yeah. Yeah. The and turf. So you've seen the new building and stuff. And it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's fun to be in charge of. Um, but then just being around the student athletes, you know, I, I love being around kids, which is obviously why I got into education, but um, athletes in general, just kind of because I have that common, uh, you know, love of sport. So being able to be around them and just see them, in a setting outside of the classroom, being goofy on the field, celebrating their successes with them. That's definitely the highlight of my job. Great answers. Thanks, Dirk. And thanks for everything you shared with us today. Let me finish up with a couple of questions. The first one being your two suggestions for a new athletic administrator in order to be a success. And of course, I don't consider you new anymore because you're past that four-year mark and you've got your CAA. But if you could give two pieces of advice 
to a brand new AD in order for them to be successful, what two pieces of advice would that be? Oh, I saw that you, that, that two was in bold. So I figured you wanted me to keep it to two. No, but I for you, Dirk, you, you can go three. We'll give yeah, you three. There's so Dirk. many stinking things that, that I would have loved as suggestions. And luckily I was able to kind of network with people and, and start to get the, the ins and outs of being an AD. For sure. The number one thing would be to get organized. Um, there's plenty of apps and things. I'm kind of old school, I guess, in a way that I like the, you know, the paper planner and, and the calendar on my, the big calendar on my desk, because I, there's so many things going on with my phone that I just really don't like using my phone as far as an organization tool. But I know that there's a lot of ADs who are successful with that. To me, I, I like the, the paper and pen, um, but you have to be organized as an AD. There's so many things going on. There's, I mean, I have a checklist, a daily checklist, a weekly checklist, a monthly checklist, and an overall like yearly checklist of things that I'm constantly making sure. Did I order buses? Have I double checked the buses? I send out, you know, a weekly email to all of my coaches. Here's the, the practice and game plans for the, for the week. Make sure just to kind of make sure that we're on the same page. I, I, uh, you know, send it, uh, a bus schedule out to the bus company to double check and make sure that we're on the same page. So it's just like kind of those organizational tips and, and making sure that you're on top of it. Otherwise it'd be a really, really tough job. And I mean, I lose sleep thinking that I forgot a bus or, or <laughs> officials aren't going to show up to a game or something, but you know, I, I try and, and make sure that my time, well, my organizational skills and time management is obviously a huge, huge part of our job. So making sure that you kind of, uh, either take a course, the 501 course, you know, obviously is a huge course in terms of like how to be organized. And, and there's a ton of other courses and, and networking opportunities to kind of be able to, to figure out what's the most important and be organized for sure. Uh, the second, I guess, suggestion would be to over communicate. I kind of mentioned this with the time management piece, but I, I'm an over communicator in terms of reminding my coaches about all, all the policies and procedures that we have going on, whether it's a, a UHSA policy and procedure or a school policy and procedure when it comes to like fundraising forms and all of that, I try and over communicate probably so much so that the coaches are like, goodness, Dirk, like you've already told me this a hundred times. Right. But it, it's just kind of more to make sure that I, I'm checking off the box for myself. Like, yes, I talked to this coach about this. Yes. I checked the bus schedule. Yes, I checked Arbiter every single day to make sure we have officials and no officials canceled. Um, I over communicate with the officials to make sure they know where the field, like what field we're playing on, what time. If it's going to be a, a, you know, a senior night, we might run a little late. We might not start till 7.15 if it's a, you know, a basketball night or something. I try and over communicate those things. And I think that people really appreciate it. But I think that that's something as a new AD that if you learn to master early, it'll, it'll, save a lot of headaches. Um, with that over communication piece, this kind of goes along with it. One thing I wanted to mention was it took me a while to realize, I, I mean, my first probably two years as an AD, I was available 24 seven and you just can't do that. Um, yes, there's going to be emergencies, but a lot of the emergencies can wait until the next day. So I've, I've over communicated to my coaches that, Hey, like if it's after 6 PM, like unless it's an emergency, shoot me a text or an email so you don't forget. But like, I've kind of committed that six to 10 o'clock time frame to be present with my family. And I think that that's huge. 
Um, because I was, that would like be, said, that would be on the days that you were home. Not the right. Days the days that, that I'm home before six, for sure. Um, you know, if it's a game night, obviously I'm available until 10 or 11 PM, but on those days where I actually get to, to get home at a decent hour, I've kind of made it, I've overly communicated it and made it a point with my coach is like, Hey, if it can wait till morning, please respect my time because I give so much time to this job and to the school and to the sports teams, I want to also be present with my family. So, and that's helped tremendously just in my family life, but also in my personal, well, in my work life to know like, okay, from 6 to 10 PM, unless it's an emergency, I'm not thinking about work as much as possible. So. Great answers, Dirk. And thanks for sharing that. Let me finish with this question. What questions should I have asked you that I failed to ask? Oh my gosh. I don't know. It was a great podcast. You know, I love the questions. I love listening every week just because there's so much you can learn from other people. There's, it's great to hear the stories of what, what, what people go through and you're like, Oh, it's not just me that deals with this. Oh, it's not just me that does that. You know um, I don't know. I, I guess maybe you could ask, you know, what are your plans moving forward? I, it, for the future? I don't know. Uh, my so plan weird. for sure. What are uh, your plans then? Share that with all right, us. There we go. Uh, my plans for sure are to get back into coaching. Ogden does uh, allow us to be a head coach. I know there's some districts that don't. You can be a head coach and also be an AD. Um, and I don't know that I want to get back into being a head coach right away, but I just miss coaching baseball and the relationships that you get from coaching. So uh, I made it kind of my own personal goal to say, Hey, I'm going to figure out how to be the best AD I can be for the first few years. Um, but I miss it so much. I want to get back into at least being a part of it. Um, so I'll be doing that probably next year, as long as the head coach will let me, which I, I've got a pretty good relationship with him. I think he will, um, for sure. Continuing my education. My, my next plan obviously is my CMAA, my certified master athletic administrator, um, and taking courses, working towards that. Uh, and then the big project that comes with that. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm kind of in a good spot here where I, I really do enjoy the work. I enjoy the kids. It's, it's a tougher school, no doubt. Um, if you don't know anything about Ben Loman High School, it's it's demographically one of the harder schools in the state. For sure, it's inner city Ogden, inner city kids. And yeah. so there's challenges that come with that. But I really love, even though, you know, the wins and losses in the wins losses column were not there very often. Um, I really love the ability to really make an impact and be a positive role model. So I love what I'm doing here. Uh, the future, I mean, like I said, we built our dream. We're building our dream home this year. And so I'm excited to move into that with my my wonderful young family um, and, and just kind of continue on with this, the, athletic, the craziness of being an athletic director. So that's excellent. Well, that wraps it up for this initial edition of season five of the UI AAA Connection. Once again, our guest today has been Dirk Barber, certified athletic administrator, the director of athletics at Ben Loman High School. Thanks for being on the podcast, Dirk. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Hutch. Thanks for having me. And for our listeners, we hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the UI AAA Connection. <laughs>